0: Thank you. Okay. So, I hope you've got a Bible with you or something on a phone or something like that. I don't know whether there are any journal notes going around anymore. We've had that a couple of weeks ago with the, the notes to doodle on. If you've got um, something to write on, that might be good too. And um, I'd just like you to turn to Liverpool 3 verse 1. Amen. Hmm. Uh, Sorry, Um, I mean, (laughs) 2 Timothy 3, uh, verses 16 to 17. Let's just get a bit more serious. Yeah, okay, we're in. Okay, 2 Timothy 3, it's in the New Testament, after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in the back there, all the T's together. Okay, it should come up on the screen as well. Every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Translation. It's not the next fault. You have to, this is why it's a test. You have to bring your Bibles, you see. There are some at the front if you want to grab them. I'll start again. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the Word, we are put together and shaped up, for the tasks God has for us. 200 years ago, a girl called Mary Jones saved up for six years and then walked 25 miles to buy it. Corrie Ten Boom went to concentration camp after concentration camp during the war and through each of those moves, she kept one tied to a string and dropping from her neck, down her back, concealed in her clothes. And it was never found by the guards, despite all of the searches that were carried out. Brother Lawrence risked his life many times in the Soviet bloc, moving to and fro, smuggling them. And countless prisoners and people in peril and going through different things have clutched it, have gone to sleep, lying on it under their pillow or holding it close to their chest. What is it? It's the precious, precious, precious Word of God. I just can't say enough about it. It's the world's bestseller. Down through the years, it's been ridiculed, burned, refuted, destroyed, but it lives on. It is the anvil that has worn out many hammers. Most books are born, live a few short years, then go the way of all the earth. They're forgotten. But not the Bible. The Bible is preserved, it lives on. That's a quote from Billy Graham, one of the best speakers ever, and one of the most biblical people that has ever been. Why does it live on? Why does the Bible have life in it? Well, it tells us in this scripture we just read from 2 Timothy 3, it is literally God's breath. It's God-breathed, it's God and God's not dead. I don't know whether you knew that. Isn't that good news? He's alive, so his breath is living. So as we open up that book, it is literally a one-stop shop for connection with God. I don't know about you, but some people do crave revelation from God. They walk around saying, well, if God spoke to me, I would believe in him. Well, he has, through his word, Every day, every second of every day, he has revealed himself in full through his word. That is the primary way. He may speak to you through a miracle. He may speak to you through a vision. He may speak to you through a dream. He may speak to you through other people. He may speak to you through nature, and he will. But he will always, always speak to you through the Bible. It's his primary and foundational way of connecting and communicating with us. So that's the first point tonight. Why read the Bible? Because it connects us with God. And particularly, it connects us to Jesus. Because Jesus is the best revelation of God. My um, old vicar um, that I um, worked with for many years, I've often quoted him saying this said that when he was converted at university, he began to read the Bible, and as he turned the pages, it was as if Jesus walked off the pages right into his heart. It's not just a book. It's like liquid love. It's a living presence. You know, there's a a sort of stereotype of someone going away and sitting in a room with their Bible open, having a solitary experience. It's so not the case, is it? We know that, don't we? That we know that we go to the Bible for community with God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We go for connection. We don't just go to have an introverted moment, although that may be occasionally uh, another motivation. There's Jesus on every page, not just in the New Testament. My kids have a book called the Jesus Storybook, the Jesus Story Bible. And in every single story from Genesis all the way through the prophets, it relates the story back to Jesus. From the very first book in Genesis uh, 3, we have this idea of there being um, a serpent crusher that's prophesied. There will be one day someone who will crush this snake for good. So we have Jesus from Genesis in every single part of the Bible. As we read, we can see him there. He shows us how to live well. He shows us a perfect example of a life well lived. And he exposes lies. So back to the scripture again. It says that every part of scripture is God breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth. When we look at Jesus, we see how things truly should be. And throughout the Bible, we are having truth revealed to us. And that exposes the way that we live that isn't in accordance with the truth. It exposes lies. It's as if as we're reading about Jesus, we're, we're hearing him saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is what real life looks like. Follow me. And we need that. Dostoevsky said this, I believe that there is no one lovelier, deeper, more sympathetic and more perfect than Jesus. I say this to myself with jealous love. Not only is there no one like him, but there never could be anyone like him. Through the Bible, he encountered Jesus. That's how he knew about that perfect life. So firstly, we connect with Jesus through the Bible. Secondly, we are corrected. So we connect, it connects us, and it corrects us. I don't know about you, but I consider myself a little bit like the wrong shopping trolley. You know, when you go into Tesco and you choose the trolley, you go and you grab one, you're not really looking, you look at something on your phone, you grab it, and you go in, and it goes left. And then you correct it, and it goes left again. And you push it on, and it keeps. Crashing into everything unless you're really concentrating on what you're buying. And who does really concentrate in Tesco? I mean, do you find it takes you like two hours to buy like 10 things? You just sort of go into sort of a little mind cave, a little bit of um, um, mental um, sort of holiday going on there. So if you've got a wonky shopping trolley, it just makes that job even harder, doesn't it? And I feel like I can be like that sometimes. You know, if I don't have my time in the Bible, by breakfast time, or sometimes even before, I've probably gone off track. You know, it probably happened when the kids were getting their shoes on and I had to say for the fifth time, have you got your water bottle? Have you got your coat? Have you got your water bottle? Have you got your coat? And in the end, suddenly I can find it really frustrating and I don't have the peace that I want to have with my kids before they go to school. So without the Bible, we can be ruled by whim whim comparison, self-centeredness, negativity, anxiety, you name it, and you'll know what your sin of choice is. But that will be the one that will take you down before you know it, if you haven't got that in early doors in the day. John Piper says this, "'I know that, left to myself, I am an absolute dud. "'I am blank, nothing deep, nothing moving, "'nothing intense, nothing beautiful, nothing precious, Nothing sweet or wonderful, just empty. Blank, unmoved, coasting along from one worldly preoccupation to another. He's quite hard on himself, isn't it? Isn't he? I'm sure we'd be a little bit more sympathetic to ourselves. But he knows the truth. We need to know we're sick, don't we, to go to the doctors. We need to know we're broken to go and get mended. And that is the gospel, isn't it? That Jesus came for sinners who were broken in order to save, in order to make us well again. And that is a wonderful moment. I don't know whether you can remember when you asked Jesus into your heart, you said, okay, I recognize I've got it wrong, Lord. I want to accept your forgiveness for everything I've ever done. It's such a wonderful moment, isn't it? And if you haven't had that moment yet, why not make it tonight? Why not do it today? But it's not the end, is it? Once we make that step, it's a little bit like marriage. We can't just then go, right, it's all done. Off I go. I'm just going to coast along on my own little way. We actually have to work at it. Scripture trains us to live. Now, we know a little bit about training here at Trinity. We've got a gym. I don't know whether you've noticed. everyone know that we've got a gym here? It's called the Armory. It's totally amazing. I'm aching all over from my session on Friday. Cheers, lads. Um, So... You have to train, don't you? We don't get fit just by walking around, just by doing our own thing. If we really want to be be well and live the best life we can physically, we have to train. And it's the same way as disciples. We'll only truly be free if we allow ourselves to be trained. How do we get trained? Look again at the passage. We get trained through the word. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. Literally, our muscles are toned. Our spiritual muscles are toned by what we read. So in summary, why read the Bible? Well, there's two purposes in this passage that we're highlighting today. There's many others, I couldn't do them all. To connect and to correct. But how do we read the Bible? That's most people's issue, isn't it? I don't really know how to do it. You know, what do I do? How do I get into it? The first how is with humility, you know the story of Mary and Martha in the Bible? Uh, they're two sisters. Jesus comes round, and one of them, and I know that it's Martha because a friend of a friend used to have a dishwasher called Martha. That's how I remember who it was. And Martha was scurrying around, preparing everything that was needed for all of these guests. Whereas her sister Mary was just sitting at Jesus' feet, just listening intently to every single word that came out of his lips. She was miffed that her sister was sitting around. But but Jesus sided with Mary, surprisingly, and said, Martha, you know, Mary's actually chosen what's right. You're worried about all sorts of things. You're anxious about everything. But Mary knows that only one thing matters, only one thing, and that's to sit at my feet. In the same way, Jesus sat under every word of scripture. So we should too. We shouldn't sit to the side of the word, imagining somehow that our critique can add something to the word, that we might take or leave some of it. We shouldn't sit over it, uh, correcting it, looking down upon it, passing judgment on it. We should instead sit under it, and we should literally make our home there. We should abide in his word, sitting under it and living there, staying there. As I said, Jesus did. He said to the Sadducees who came to him with a question, his response to them was, you're in error because you don't know the scriptures. He took every single one of the scriptures, and he's talking there about the Old Testament, completely seriously. He also quoted from two of the hardest texts in the Old Testament, the tricky ones, the ones we'd really like to put away, Noah, the flood, and Jonah and the whale, leaving us with the impression that he took those two stories to be literal. And it is hard, isn't it? I do find it hard sometimes um, when I'm reading the Bible to take them all literally. But we can re- read together with God, and we need to wrestle through. So recently, I've been reading Leviticus, and uh, that's hard. You know, there's so many offenses that are worthy of death. And you think, really, another one? And I've been praying about it. And I've been saying, Lord, you know, what's going on here? And as I sit under the word and I say, I don't understand it, but I'm not going to judge it. I'm not going to reject your word because of that. I'm just going to pray. I'm going to try and see and meditate on the word and see what you are trying to say through it. I've come to understand that actually at the time, there were loads and loads of deaths that were taking place. People would murder each other and there was all sorts of lawlessness. So what actually God was doing was limiting the amount of deaths at that time and not trying to perpetuate it. So thankfully, because I've persevered and tried to sit under the word with that, I've actually come to an answer. I want to encourage you to do the same. So that's the first why. How do we read the Bible? We, we are humble. Secondly, we make it our habit. So back to the John passage. It says in the John passage, have we read the John passage yet? No, we probably haven't. John 8, 31 to 32 is another tiny one. Oh, there we go. So, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So, do you see that we are free as long as we abide in the word? Not dip in and out of the word, but literally live in it. If we make it our regular habit, then we will be free. That suggests that if we don't make the Bible our regular habit, we are not going to be free. We are not going to be living freely. We will be a slave to something. The Bible is the key. The Bible is also compared with bread, I think, along the same theme. So Jesus said in Matthew 4:4, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, in the Middle East, Bread isn't just one component of a meal, bread is the staple of a meal. The meal is not complete without bread, and it's the thing that fills you up. I had a meal just on Monday with a friend who is from Bangladesh, and it was really funny. There were were four girls, and um, she she asked me to help lay the table, and she only had two forks in her cutlery drawer, and I had to go into the cupboard and get out a box of cutlery and get out an extra fork. She said, I I won't have one, you just just need three. And off she went with the bread, using the bread to to pick up the meat and pick up the sauce. That was how it was viewed at that time, and it still is, actually, in many, many countries. You have to have bread with every meal. It's the knives and forks, and it's the staple food. With my kids, they know they have to eat their sandwiches before they eat anything else when they have a packed lunch. Always want to go for their pepper army first, or their fruit, or their... Uh, hula hoops. But they know when they come home, mum, I ate my sandwiches. Um, They know that I'll ask them. Sandwiches first. And if we have our bread first in a meal, we will crave less junk food later, won't we? We crave less sweets. So no judgment for anyone in particular over here, but we crave less of the junk food, don't we, if we have something that is really filling And that's what Jesus is getting at. I wonder about you, and I wonder about me. Um, Do we wake up in the morning and get the word in first, or do we find ourselves on our phone first? If we do, that will be the pattern of the day. If we get a good chunk of the word in first in the morning, we will crave less. We will be more free throughout the day to enjoy the day in the way that God meant us to enjoy it. Thirdly, how do we read the Bible? We read it with the Holy Spirit, amen? amen? We're a charismatic church. We are proud of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, the bread of the word can feel a bit dry at times. The Holy Spirit, is his job is to help us interpret the word. We do it in partnership with him. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. They are best friends. They're literally like bacon and tomato. You shouldn't separate them. You should always eat them together. <laughs> I always that to my kids, get your tomato down, eat it with the bacon, and you can eat it. It's the way to do it. Not dry bread. When I used to finish school, I'd come home and my mum would make me a snack. And my favourite two snacks the first one was the crust of the fresh loaf from the bakers with a big slab of Leopard butter on it. That was one of them. But my all time favourite was the ice bun. Who likes an ice bun? Oh my word, it was so good. And like a nice big sharing ice bun. I think we've got a little photo of it tonight just to make you all feel a bit hungry. So if you, know, if you like, the, the Holy Spirit is like the icing or the butter on some really nice bread. You know, That's what makes the, the Bible study really juicy and really lovely. So we're actually going to just try it out now. I think it's important for us just to get a taste, I want to give you a taster of it today, and let, so that you go home feeling excited. So I'm going to ask you, Nick, to put up the Bible reading workshop slide. I really hope that um, the Bible reading workshop slide, so it's back a bit, I think. Um, and um, I want you to, um, if you've got the Bible with you, you can choose any passage, any few verses that you like, but we're going to put some one up um, Sorry, it's quite a, quite a few slides back. Um, we're going to put one up to actually just find any... There we go. Um, so we've got the 2 Timothy passage and we've got the John passage. So do use this one if you don't have anything else. You may be reading something already that you'd like to go and look back at. But I just want to see everybody looking at the word in some shape or form. And I'm just going to give you three simple questions and give you one or two minutes just to see if you can seek out the answer to these three simple questions just in a couple of minutes now by the help of the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to partner with us as we read your word now. And I want you to start reading. You might read one verse, you might need a short passage. Just keep reading until the Holy Spirit just nudges you and says stop. And you'll feel just something different. You'll think, oh, I'm just looking at those couple of words. Or I'm just interested in that phrase. Okay, stop on that. And then ask yourself, what does it say? Just a simple, what, what does it say? Secondly, so what? In other words, what does that mean in the context in which it was written? What's that actually trying to teach? And thirdly, now what? What difference is that going to make in my life? So I'm just going to give you two minutes now. Has everyone got a Bible verse that they can look at? Off you go now. What, so what? Now what? Go. Right, I just want you to raise your hand if God has spoken to you just in that time. Just put your hand up, come on, don't be, don't be shy, I won't pick on you unless you say, who has heard something? It doesn't have to be big, it doesn't have to be anything, wow, just something basic, could be a reminder of something you already knew. Who has heard from God? Great, hands are going up. Keep going if you haven't, keep going over this side. There's an anointing over this side. <laughs> Lord, spread it over there. Can I have this mic on, please? Thanks. Okay, I'm just going to hear from one or two people. Can you share? What did you hear?
1: Well, I just, the one about the truth will set you free. I, I just thought, well, if I'm focusing on God's word and what he's saying, then I won't be misled by politicians. I think I hear I'll I'll be better able to sort of have a a line down
0: the middle what a brilliant one for um, for this day and age in our system at the moment if you're yeah, pray for us if you're listening Um, anybody else feeling like the words are coming in okay no one wants to be picked on but um, I'm going to put the microphone away now tell me who feels like God has spoken to them Come on, put your hands right up. Encourage, encourage us, encourage each other through that. Okay, a fair amount. Okay, great. And that was just a couple of minutes. Okay, so if that worked for you, or even if it didn't, go home and have a try at that. Okay, you can read any passage at any point and use those three questions just to guide you through. So abiding in the word. How do I read the Bible? With humility, we make it a habit, and with the Holy Spirit. But there's a whole plethora of ways that we can get into the Bible. So if we just have the slide with the Bible in the middle there, Nick, we're just going to look at some resources. I'm just going to throw out a whole bunch of ideas. I've been collecting ideas all this week about how people engage with God's Word. So the first one I'm going to highlight today is um, this little book called The Word for Today. If you've never read the Bible before, it's a brilliant introduction. It has a Bible verse and it has a little bit of stuff about it for every single day of the week. So you can grab one from the back if you'd like one. Anyone like one? I'll throw it out now. Anyone? Awesome. There you go. Oh, sorry, Mike. (laughs) That was an accident. It literally made like a a tent over you there. He is absolutely in the worst. Sorry, Mike. Um, so that 's a good one it 's also if you um, I would just say as you mature in your faith, you want to be probably reading more scripture than that, but you can still use it. You can still have it like in your glove compartment of your car or you can put it in a prominent place um, in the uh, in the house where you might just be sitting in an armchair or so pick it up and read it. I have it coming to me by via email, so at some point during the day, I just want to get myself back to God. I just want to re-center re, um, that shopping trolley. I might just read the word for today on that day, but not every day. So that's a good one. Okay, secondly, Bible in one year. Now, um, I'm I'm doing this at the moment, and we've got a whole load here tonight. I want to recommend this so much. The Bible in one year, the Soul Survivor Version, has organized what to read each day so that you read the whole Bible in one year. You have an Old Testament passage, a New Testament passage, and a psalm. So in some ways, it does the whole day, because Daniel used to pray three times a day. I quite like to come back to the Word, as I said, regularly throughout the day, so you could read the Old Testament in the morning, the New Testament in the afternoon, and then just before bed, read the psalm. That might be one way to do it. So this is the complete deal. It does it all. And um, the really great thing is it starts in September, but if you get one tonight, you, you actually miss Leviticus. (laughs) <laughs> you do! Jenny and I checked it out before. And you start with numbers on Tuesday. So tomorrow you can just have a little pitter patter about and just warm yourself up. And then Tuesday you're in with numbers one. So ideal. And there's a special price of tenner for this if you go and get one tonight from Jenny at the back or from whoever's on the bookstore. So that is a great one. Um, okay, another one is a planner on the um, internet you'll find loads of reading guides Okay, this one is a 52 week um, Bible reading plan and it has little tick boxes so if you're quite an organised person you like to tick off what you've read then this is a really good one for you just type in 52 week Bible reading plan if that one's for you we're all different aren't we by the way do you know that so, so these are all going to you know, uh, um, appeal to different people Um, Okay, let's find number four. Number four, journal. Who journals? Who has a journal? Anyone keep a journal? I can see some people writing right now. Brilliant. A great way to read the Bible is with the journal open. And um, you can use the what, so what, now what method. There's another method called soap, scripture, observations, application, and prayer. And you literally write the the, uh, letters of soap down the side and you put something in for each just read the Bible. Whatever strikes you, write it down. You're three times more likely to do something if you set it out in writing. So journaling is one for many of us. It'd be a good one to do. Okay, what's the next one? Nick surprised me. What's coming up? Uh, No fear, Bible Reading Challenge. Sometimes you might want to just Google a theme. So if you're feeling like you're being fearful, this is an example here, just um, Google No Fear Bible Readings, and then a whole sort of list will come up. This has got 30 readings, There's a whole month's worth of readings based on having no fear. So if that's you tonight, I think there might be a word for a few people tonight who are experiencing, experiencing anxiety, Google No Fear Bible Reading Challenge, and you can work through those passages for a month. Uh, A study guide, so here's one from the wonderful Bible Society, Books of the Bible, and it takes you through a book, and you can have little sections to make a note, to make notes. You can also do it in a group or with some friends, and then you can compare ideas. Bible apps, hands up if you have used ever or use a Bible app, brilliant. So there's a few examples, we can pop up the four of them actually there. Um, one of them that I've just got into this week which is amazing is the red one is the Nicky Gumbel Bible in a year and not only does he have readings in that but he also has commentary and then Pippa chimes in at the end with some lovely wisdom as well amazing reading voices I think it must be a famous actor that uh, reads the Old Testament passage but it literally is spine tingling, had it on the car the other day on the way back from Gloucester I'd really recommend that one, do we know who it is? David is that David Suchet you are doing that? Oh, I love it, Quiro oh there you go real pro so yeah get that get that uh, in your schedule um there's some bibles that are amazing that sort of have space to draw there's one coming up on the screen that is a good news bible um youth edition here's one that's sort of on our our bookstore and they just have these massive margins you can sort of write and doodle and draw and uh, and some coloring in as well so if you're an arty type you might love that sort of style uh, that's number eight. Right, what's next? Um, radio. Oh yeah, there's another way to get the Bible into you. If you've got the radio on the background, and I do quite often have UCB1 in the background, and not all the music is great, but every so often they play Switchfoot, which is awesome, um, dancing around the kitchen. Um, but they have lovely, they sort of puncture it with Bible verses and with people who are speaking on different themes who often have a biblical basis for what they're saying. So that's another way to somehow get the Bible into your daily routine. Listen to some worship music, particularly some perhaps with lots of biblical words words in them and have that going over and over over in the background. Post-it notes or framed pictures can be stuck up anywhere in your house, places you're going to see them prominently. So back of the toilet, toilet door. Um, I have one, um, as as we wake up, it's just right in front of my eye line, be still and know that I'm God. So try to wake up meditating on God's presence and letting him into the day. What about your lock screen on your phone? So it might be that at the moment, there's one particular verse that is prominent for you in this season. Put it on your lock screen every time you pick up your phone, which is probably sort of 351 times a day, you will see that verse and you can actually just keep on uh, washing it over you. Or you could literally just read the Bible. You could just pick up your Bible. You could pray. Remember, you've got the Holy Spirit. Don't do it in a dry way. You've got the icing on the bun of the Bible. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a bit dodgy. And <laughs> read the Bible passage, asking the Spirit to sort of highlight what comes from him. And um, yeah, and just have a lovely time with the Lord. You can do that for three minutes. You can do that for 17 minutes. You can do that for the whole day. OK, just remember that five minutes is so much better than no minutes. It's an infinite world away from no minutes. So try just to get the word in into you in, first thing in the morning and at other points throughout the day. And I just hope that I've somehow just inspired you or given you an idea of something that might work for you. I came across this article on the internet um, by a contributor to the Huffington Post. Um, entitled, How Reading the Bible in 100 Days Changed My Life. I'm just going to read you an excerpt from it. Craig Canali, a 20-something writer, wasn't happy. Things weren't going well. He was posting Facebook status updates like, When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. (laughs) That was a low point for his writing. Never having been a regular Bible reader, though, he decided to commit to reading the Bible every day for 100 days. He wrote this. Reading the Bible daily on my iPad was becoming so immersed in my mind, body, spirit, and part of my routine that at times I physically wanted to kneel on the subway in prayer as I read on the commute to and from work in New York. I never did that, but I did find a routine of standing all the time as I read and balancing myself without holding on to anything. I'm not sure why, it just became a thing. Perhaps it wasn't just physically balancing myself, but a sense of being spiritually and mentally balanced, as I read too. It was refreshing. Nearly everything around me seemed to take on great meaning, spiritual meaning. I pondered the meaning of life more. I wrote a post on the importance of being humble and humility, and constantly asked myself during these past 100 days, how can I help others more, Do more for others. And the words I read in the Bible were so strong, so meaningful, and they spoke so loudly to me that they seemed to jump off the page. There were many aha moments, epiphanies of sorts, feelings of, yes, I've felt this way before, or yes, I can relate with my own life. The fact that a book so many hundreds of years old can speak to someone like that in this modern world is really amazing, in my opinion. I just want to thank God for somehow giving me this idea to read the Bible cover to cover. It made me reflect a ton, learn a ton, and I absolutely feel more spiritual and more happy. As I've said, I also have strived to put myself secondary to the happiness of others, especially now that I'm happy myself. What a turnaround. From depression to feeling happy. Not many people are going around saying that they feel happy today, I wonder what difference it could make if we did get ourselves really into the word and became peaceful, content, and others focused as we did so. So, do you want to be happy? (laughs) Do you want to be less stressed about stuff? Do you want to be more free? Do you want to think more about others and be less conscious of ourselves? What's the antidote to that? Read the Bible. That's what sets us free. So, I want you just to think for a moment now, what's your goal coming away from here? It'd be great if everybody has one. What one goal are you going to take from this? Is there one method that you think that could work for me? Is there a habit that you want to set? I've literally put my alarm clock on my phone miles away from my bed, it's like in the furthest corner of the room, so that at 6.30 when it goes off and the battle of the duvet commences, I have to get out of it. I've done a good few steps. And then the temptation to get back under the covers is definitely lessened for that little walk. So what might you need to do to make this happen? You set alarms, put things in helpful, prominent places so that you're constantly, constantly living in the Word. So perhaps write a goal down now. I won't be offended if you take out your phone and jot it down or on a piece of paper. And then um, I'd just love you to just spend some time now in the word. Jamie's going to come and the band are going to come and just going to play some music. And we're going to let God lead. And what I would love is for a couple of people to come and share a scripture that is affecting them. A scripture that is just speaking to them. Because I really feel the Lord has said to me that people will, he will give people scriptures that aren't just for them but are to share. So as we have some worship now, just be reflecting on what you've heard, be thinking about what you might do, and just get your nose into the word. And I want to invite you just to come and share briefly what you have heard from God. So Lord, thank you so much for what you have said. We pray now, Lord, that you would just keep meeting with us, even now, through your word, by your spirit. Feed us. Feed us, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, just open your hands. If you've struggled with the Bible reading, I just feel that there's, there's been um, some barriers and um, we had a word about that earlier. The Lord can break every chain. Maybe for some people, reading is a real effort. So Lord, would you give those people a good idea of how to connect with you through audio or in a different way? what might work for them, and we just, we just break judgment over you. If you've struggled with the Bible or you've struggled with reading, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
2: So, just as Laura has said, just uh, if anyone's got a word to share, Faye, have you got? Yeah, come on, yeah, just a word, and I think that's really powerful. Laura's just encourages that God might want to speak through this. Well, not might wants to speak through this. So, it's not that you know why this matters. It, it's
0: um, so during worship earlier on, I really felt a verse come into my mind, um, and I knew I had to share it. So, it's wonderful that you've given us the opportunity. Um, and I just had a sense actually earlier in the worship that there'd been a lot of battle going on in a lot of people's lives Um, and I really sensed the Lord say I am the resurrection and the life he who believes in me though he may die he shall live and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die and just the word resurrection as well it was resurrection he's called to give us all resurrection life where things have been really tough and really hard Actually, they won't be forever. Mm. There will be a resurrection. Whether that's this side of heaven or not, there is a resurrection. He is that resurrection, but he will bring you new life. Amen. Thank you, Faye. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, we just pray that in for anyone that needs to hear that today. Just maybe hold out a hand. Who's felt low? If you felt low, if you felt... There's been negativity. There's been a lot of negativity in the press. If you're anxious... We just speak resurrection life over you now. We just speak resurrection life. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. We can walk in victory. You can come forward. If anyone wants to come forward for prayer, please do. At any point.
2: We'll we'll do that in just a second. We'll come forward in just a second. Because I think, can we just gather one or two and then we'll, we'll do that. So, other words that people have got. Yeah, come on, be brave. Thanks, Nathan. One or two more. Don't dismiss. You hear God say something. We'll just collect one or two words, and then we'll, we'll just invite people for prayer, if that's okay, in just a moment. Here you go, Nathan, just read your words. Yeah, yeah thank you. So it's that bit in 1 Corinthians 12, where we're talking about the sort of the one body of Christ. Um, Paul goes on to write, in fact, it's just the opposite. The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are the ones we can't do without. So I think if you're feeling like a weaker part of the body of Christ if you say oh I'm not on the alpha team I'm not on the worst team I don't do X Y and Z Paul is saying don't compare be where you are and enjoy serving where you are because however small it may seem you are the ones that the body can't do without so I think yeah if we can pray into that maybe as well later I don't know thank
0: you Nathan awesome sorry in Romans
1: twelve twelve, it says be joyful in hope patient in affliction faithful in prayer Um, And this year I've actually just had a really hard year Um, and I read this probably in March or something and I just kind of really resonated with it Um, and I couldn't, I just kept on reading it every time I was like oh I don't know what verse to go to I just went straight back to this one Um, and I put it on a jewellery piece, I actually have it on my arm right now Um, and I just think whenever I come back to that hard time or whenever I don't know what to do I just read this, I just remember this Um, and it just makes everything better it just works in all situations really but
0: yeah
2: praise you god david I'm just gonna re- yeah
0: just tim. gonna read out this verse that tim wants us to share after this i looked and i saw in heaven the temple that is the tabernacle of the covenant law and it was opened out of the temple came the seven angels they were dressed in clean shining linen and wore golden sashes around their chests then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls filled with the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Tim.
2: David, and then Fee. Yeah. Um, I, I, um I think it's in Psalm 119, and it says, um, Perfect peace have they who love your word, and nothing can make them stumble. And, um, you know, I... I I struggled for years to get into the Word of God. Well, I didn't even want to. but um, And uh, I had to start. Um, and eventually, by perseverance, I, I discovered that love for the Word of God. And, and I've had peace in the storms of life, you know. And it's wonderful. Thank you, David. Mm-hmm.
1: I felt God give me um, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7. Um... And it says, get rid of the old yeast by removing... Uh, oh, sorry, there was a little bit before it. Um, don't you realize that this sin is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast by removing this wicked person from among you. Then you will be like a fresh batch of dough made without yeast, which is what you really are. Um, and there's points in the Bible where yeast is representing like the sin in our lives, and I think as Laura spoke, just like the really subtle like the subtle nature of how reaching for our phone or things like that, um, it might not seem like a massive thing, but actually it can just permeate into like the whole of our lives and just be really destructive and like obstructive. Um, so I guess yeah, that's what I got from that.
0: Thank you, that's great. Thank you. Love that.
1: Uh, 2 Timothy 3.14 But you should continue following the teachings you learn. You know they are true because you trust those who taught you.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Why don't we, uh, we stand if we're able to? Let's stand. I just, uh, I love Laura for being Laura <laughs> and I love it, I love it that she really challenges me just because of the, you know, the natural way in which she is just, she's got a deep desire for God and God's Word. That's what you've heard, isn't it? That's what you've experienced, that's what I've experienced. So I'm going to ask Laura just to, to, to pray for us, just um, for us to share this hunger For us to want to put the alarm clock on the other side of the room (laughs) for the duvet battle. (laughs) I love that. And um, I think God really was speaking to a lot of us about humility, about being under God's word. And that the beginning of us having this hunger and desire, when you first start going out with someone... If they, if they send you a text message or they send you a letter or they send you an email or something like that, you wouldn't kind of stick it on the bedside table beside you, would you? And just say, I'll, I'll maybe have a look at it. You would eagerly, you would be so eager to read that message. And God has sent us a love message in the words of the Bible. So Lord, would you just pray for us? right now to to have hunger for god's word
0: yes holy spirit thank you that we partner with you in everything and that you empower us we pray fall now for this particular anointing father spirit fall stir up in us an insatiable hunger for your word. That, no, that we'd know that nothing else can satisfy that hunger inside. Pray that we'd actually feel like, like a physical hunger, but different tonight. We need a head start with this, Lord. So we really pray for that hunger to come, that feeling of hunger. And also for that conviction that we can do it in your strength, by your power, not by our own effort but we can partner, we can throw our effort behind your power to start living in the freedom of your word. Jesus, Jesus, thank you, Jesus.